Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Complete the mission, soldier. Eyes on the prize. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 518, All Roads Lead, is brought to you by Lighthouse Body Spray. Lemon-scented for your bunk body. Mm, well, Pete, hopefully everyone has their body spray on for this time next week. Nay, before this time next week, when so many of us will have seen Infinity War. So many of us will be going next weekend. Pete, we will be podcasting that, of course, uh, ASAP next weekend. We'll be seeing the, uh, the movie itself on Thursday. So exciting times here, exciting times there. And uh, we'll see how worlds collide on next week's Shield. But we got to talk about this one first. Any thoughts you want before we dive on in? Just super excited to see Avengers Infinity War. Uh, the red carpet premiere is Monday night, April 23rd. It will be screened without the conclusion of the movie. A first to my understanding. Uh, we will be the uh, earliest local audience, Matt and I, at 6 p.m. Eastern to see the film. Uh, the majority of the shows are at 7 p.m. And uh, I may be seeing it a little bit earlier than than Matt, uh, but super excited to bring that to you next week. And that will affect the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. narrative. When we catch you up on what went down, our teaser, Matt, Glenn Talbot, with that look on his face uh talking about completing his mission here heads into uh the armory grabs himself a gun so he can be prepared nobody has to get hurt heads into the uh war room if you will with monitors get in get out and he observes uh may and robin over the monitors there before he is interrupted by Mac. Yes, fairly uh, fairly straightforward setup in this tease act. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, clearly, we know from uh, from last week, Talbot now is a rogue uh, agent, if you will. As you mentioned, Mac arriving, he has some some small small talk and some big small talk. You know, reaching out if you need someone to talk to about your your. Uh, your time as a uh, prisoner of Hydra and uh, willing to help him there, mental health, etc. But Talbot says he's going to focus on one task at a time to take us to the title card in what perhaps was not the most inflating of teaser acts. Not indeed. Uh, after the title card, Matt, we have Fitz working on the relays for the Gravitonium infuser machine or the uh, GIM, as I like to call it, the gym. Uh, and uh, as he's doing that, we hear thudding, which isn't immediately uh, apparent that it's not him. It is actually Ruby throwing her glaive in the vicinity of Simmons as Fitz toils. Now, I'm not sure, Pete, but I don't think that's 
a nice way to treat a lady who could be in a family way. Uh, regardless, uh, Fitz does want Simmons to help with the fixing of the machine. They're a team, after all. Simmons gets uh, gets uh, unbound. Fitzsimmons hug. Ruby ships them, Pete. I guess that's the show's way of making Ruby one of us or something. Um, but, of course, they don't ship her. They know that the world will be blown apart. She doesn't care for many people, though, Pete. But if there was one, would he walk through the door right now? <laughs> that would be Kid Von Strucker, KVS himself, Matt. He's found Anton, you know, what's left of him. Uh, the Gravitonium is wheeled in there. Fitzsimmons hypothesis uh, about their invincibility uh, remains intact, but they don't want to press their luck. Um, and they are told by Ruby to pick up the pace or there will be some body parts on the floor, you know, like their friend. Which friend is that, Matt? Uh, that was Yo-Yo. This in a scene where, or at least a portion of the scene, where a lot of Kid Von Stucker's dialogue is like the stuff that happened in between the last two episodes. So it's kind of an info dump. And then we have the yo-yo reminder here, which is like an info reminder. But continuing with the plot, Pete, uh, Fitz and Simmons talk side by side. They're going to slowly fix the machine. But remember how we just mentioned yo-yo? We're going to cut to the exterior of Essex upon Cheshireshire, or wherever they are in England. Yo-yo limping onto the Quinjet. You see, Pete, from yo-yo to yo-yo. Her, her her arms are painful. They're barely working. It's a scene that's all about the pain. Pain! Which brings us, of course, to May and Coulson. A different type of pain, Matt. More of a pain of the heart. He's late, and uh, there is not a uh, chance here, Matt, that uh, they will not finish their conversation that happened before. But May reminds Colson that they have a mission. Hey, good talk, Phil. Yeah, it's almost like they're forestalling this discussion to a point later in the season for, for dramatic purposes. Um, but they do have that mission, and we have Daisy explaining that mission. The mech sent out a distress call. The base is in West Virginia. Uh, Deke wants to club him from behind so they don't see it coming. You know, that's an old an old lighthouse aphorism. Why is he in bed after all? Pete, if you're going to have the awesome Jeffrey Ward out of bed joining the mission here, even when he was just, you know, at death's doorstep last episode, I appreciate that the show calls out the show for wondering why he's out of mm -hmm. bed. Uh, of course, the added layer, he wants some time with Daisy, too. Daisy, who's running QB, keeping Colson on the bench, and Mac in HQ, too. So you got that, Pete. We got a lady mission and a boy mission, and the ladies are going out. Meanwhile, Matt, another lady, a Hydra lady, Hale and her assistant, a pair, uh, they're talking about Creel. And the women are definitely in charge of this episode, and it is much earned. Uh, Creel is worse and um the concern here is if uh ruby infuses with the gravitonium uh it is not going to work out because they in the gravitonium they want out get them out as we end the first act 
Pete, before that act break, we had some hydro base action. After the act break, you would be excused to think that we're still in a hydro base. There's a guy welding. That's what they what? do in hydro bases. But Pete, it's Mac who's welding. He recaps because we had a recap from the assistant in the last scene and some other recaps behind us, some other recaps ahead of us. But he recaps here that Zephyr 1 will fly in space. And uh, Colson is nervous too. Then we get what I dare say is the most delightful scene of the entire episode where Deke likes Daisy. He's dancing around it. He gets called on it. He totally denies that he would like a girl like Daisy Almost to the point where I was kind of wondering, like, maybe they're trying to tell us something else about Deke. But no, he's just hiding his feelings. Pete, what's he going to do to show her that he's, like, really totally into her? Well, uh, the the line prior, Matt, about uh, him saying things because of drugs on an episode broadcast on April 20th, timely. <laughs> that is true. But, Pete, let's keep it... Let's keep it not herbal, but citrus Uh He's going to buy her a lemon because that's what you do in the future. Yes. You leave them a lemon. Which, in your bunk. Yeah. That's a thing, that's a right? a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Talbot, Matt, who is uh, in Robin's room. He's checking out her drawings there. He sees one of a sky with Zephyr one before we're whisked back to Daisy and may who are going on offense. And I have to say much, uh, anticipated and appreciated that Ming-Na Wen finally gets off the bench. Yes. And Pete, they are in the portion of Zephyr One where all Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. go for their midday meal. That, of course, is the launch box. <laughs> See what I did there? Bottom line, they get launched in box 89 on down and a really wonderful effect shot where we see the box. Then we see the missile uh, shot by Zephyr One going past it, breaking through the surface there, the box then sliding into the base, of course. And then we get Perhaps the second best scene of the episode, a really, really wonderful, good old-fashioned bare-knuckle fight. We have some uh, some some quake quaking powers. We have uh, May just just beating the snot out of some people, and uh, indeed the the fight is concluded with May just really walloping a dude. Then Pete, they're in the hall where they're stopped by Hale, who's trying to prevent a hail of bullets in the hall. What happens next? Well, Hale needs Daisy's help, Matt. Her daughter has taken the Graffidonium. Her friends are uh, at her mercy here. If Ruby succeeds, she will kill them. So, of course, we go from the Appalachian Mountains, Matt, to England on Shushashire where uh, KBS, old uh, Kid Von Strucker, is explaining there that the torture that he went through uh, at the hands of Fitzsimmons, uh, he's ready to turn upon them. But, you know, they didn't have wedding rings on when they were torturing him. So he wants to really get his money's worth. Put a little bit differently, uh, Kid Von Strucker recaps his time with S.H.I.E.L.D., then recaps <laughs> that Fitzsimmons are married. 
Uh, okay. He also notices that the Hoozy is not connected to the Whatsy properly and they need to start again. Uh, Fitz is given a beating, then told next time Simmons going to get sliced to end the act, Pete. Act three and Yo-Yo is still in the Quinjet mat. A mech comes in. She steals the gun, electricity and agony before we catch up with Talbot and his crimson crayon, red rum, red rum. Yeah, he uh, he says that he's got a son. Long pause, two, three, four. That's a character thing. Two, three, four. It also slows the scene up. It slows the episode up. Pete, I love me some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I suspect in this scene and in a later scene, you see some evidence that maybe this is an episode that ran just a tad short, and I suspect that we have... Talbot ranting and then somebody else ranting later in the episode to kind of pad it out to whatever it needed to be. Not grossly, mind you. I'm not saying this was a 35-minute episode that they, you know, padded up to 42 minutes, but maybe it was like 40 and a half and they, they needed to come up with another 90 seconds here and there. But but bottom line, he's talking to Robin. Robin is an innocent kid. I was nonetheless not feeling the tension in this scene at all. I was supposed to have my heart in my mouth and say, poor Robin, this poor kid. And instead, it was just kind of like, boy, that Talbot, what a rascal. Well, this scene is about the recognition from Robin of the general, which clearly has greater meaning to her, not yet completely disclosed to us. Uh, Daisy and May have a confab over the comms with Colson, Mac and Deke here um, talking about uh, how they, they need to take uh, care. Also that uh, Colson brought uh, Daisy back to lead. This is what it looks like, Matt. Hashtag me too. Hashtag time's up. We then get Deke with the uh, the humorous uh, conclusion there. Mm-hmm. Women right, and then Max saying, "Shut up, lemons." Shut up, lemons, indeed. Hashtag me too. <laughs> uh, back to Robin, we go. Uh, she says that the quaking, the great quaking, will happen soon. This is when the tension started for me. We end up with a pretty brutal and one sided fight between Talbot and Mom. I'm not complaining because Talbot's a bad guy in this context, and Mom's not much of a fighter. I was just a bit surprised at how brutal it was against middle-aged mom with a kid who has challenges um, and how much she gets thrown around before she's put in the sleeper hold and, uh, and knocked out. And Talbot tells her that she's coming with her, to which she replies, I know, to end that act. We come back out of the act break with Zephyr One uh, arriving at the uh, the naughty base. Uh, Quake says that Hale, May, and her are the only ones going in. All those extras are going to like keep the perimeter and such. Uh, Daisy promises not to hurt Ruby if it could be avoided. And uh, Hale's there to talk down her daughter if needed. Pete, are you clear on where we're headed in the plot based on this scene? I am. And also the curveball, Matt, that... Daisy notes how driven Ruby is with the right guidance. She could be a great agent of shield in agents of shield season six soft reboot. Um, yeah, I, I too was taken 
by surprise for that one. But uh, time will tell, although something tells me that might not be where things are headed. In fact, Pete, if we're going to work backwards from the ending, this might be the create tension between Yo-Yo and uh, Daisy later by having Daisy say this now, maybe. But bottom line, properly inside the base, Kid Ron Starker info shares that S.H.I.E.L.D. has arrived because that's what he's doing in this episode by and large. Uh, but good news, the Hydra pod is ready too. Fitzsimmons look all nervous, like notice me kind of nervous. I wondered if maybe it was like a, a bait and switch thing. But uh, but Pete, what is the area of their concern? Does it have to do with that, with that gravitonium? As unpredictable as it can be, Matt, uh, but Ruby... Uh, She's done being told what she can do, and she gets in. Uh, that, while the gravitonium is charging through the device, which, of course, Simmons notes is different. Uh, I was a bit confused, Pete. Is it the device? Is it the gravitonium for an episode that is that has a lot of things explained, nay, over-explained? I was just left a little confused exactly what was different here. I mean, I know it's something gravitonium and, and all that, but like it would have been nice if it was like the gravitonium is behaving differently from the way it used to, or I didn't expect the machine would take the gravitonium at that rate or something like that because I kind of felt like I was being given a clue, but I didn't understand it. Ah, uh, the old plot armor, Matt. Colson, Mac, and Deke uh have a discussion here before uh we come back to uh kvs who tells um ruby that she's done it here but uh she puts it on the both of them we did it before they kiss matt and he hits the green button the device closes you know, he laughs, she laughs. This is all going to end well until she starts screaming. Indeed, the ladies of S.H.I.E.L.D. arrive. The countdown is stopped at 8%. Are they too late? Well, the pod pod bay doors open, Hal, and all that. Uh, looks like Ruby can fly now, or at least float. But she hears Hall, uh, Hall and Quinn fighting her head. Then Pete in... in a moment I was not expecting. She goes to caress the head of her lover, Kid Von Strucker, and uh, because of her newfound gravitonium powers, she squishes his head without a touch to end the act horrifically. OMG, RIP, KVS. Act five, Matt, begins with Ruby screaming about uh, what has happened. She's, she's crying. She didn't mean to do it make them stop, get them out of me. And Simmons explains that uh, it only works one way. Now she's explaining stuff. I feel better. Uh, Mama Hale is trying to talk down Ruby as some of our agents run. Daisy stays. We cut back to the, uh, to the lighthouse. Talbot is trying to leave via the hangar that, of course, is with Ruby. Uh, in in tow, he's not going to be talked down. A soldier never questions his uh, his orders. Uh, he's told he's been programmed, but he can't he can't can't complete the mission. He puts the gun to his head. Moment of highest tension. Pete, are we going to stick with it? 
No, Matt, because this is a part of the episode. Actually, we're well part the part of the well past the part of the episode where we uh, intercut, but we get it in there anyway. So with the gun at his chin, we go back to uh, Ruby and Hale. Hale is trying to talk her daughter through. Daisy is as well. Daisy's been through this. She knows. But Daisy, Daisy, it's always Daisy. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. It's dangerous, Matt. Um, it's it's true. Uh, she's she's upset there, but we're not going to stay there. We're going to cut to that iconic hallway set. Fitzsimmons, May, Yo Yo, they do some info sharing. Yo Yo goes in. Uh, back to Pete, the other hallway in the episode. Talbot still has the gun to his chin. Tell George I'm sorry. Uh, then Colson tells him to comply. Pete, has no one ever thought to say to a brainwashed person, yes, you are brainwashed, now you must follow my command? I thought that was a good move there. Um, Colson wants the gun turned on him, uh, and Talbot gets ready to do that. Then Mac, who had stepped away with Robin, quick comes back, ices him. Whew. Just to recap, Pete, uh, Talbot not unceremoniously killed uh, the way many, many, many other S.H.I.E.L.D. characters have been. Talbot's still alive. Maybe there is still the good in him. Pete, take us back to Ruby. Thank goodness. Uh, Ruby here, Matt, with Daisy. For a long time, Daisy was everything she wanted. She was her hero. You were the chosen one. You were the chosen one. But now, Matt, Ruby has the high ground. Uh, she's more than uh, Daisy will ever be. Um, and uh, she's going to crush her, Matt, as Hale tells her enough. Um, but it's all about the potential here. Her daughter is not a mistake. And Yo-Yo tells her to uh, to get out. It's the destroyer of worlds that we're back at, but obviously this child, she's terrified. She hears them louder and louder. She notes that she's losing. And suddenly Matt Ruby has a mortal wound on her neck. Yes. She goes from powering up to stiff, her neck slit. Uh, it's clear that yo-yo has done it. And uh, I'll be honest, Pete, I'm okay with it, certainly in this fictional con, uh, context, uh, but not okay with it, apparently, after a moment of, oh my goodness, this is it, the end. Not okay with it is the gravitonium, which lifts her body up, 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 then seems to explode. We get an exterior shot, which, kudos to the show, is a sneaky-deaky way of uh, letting time pass as well. That's not completely obvious right away, but uh, we see that Ruby appears quite dead, Daisy is alive, Yo-Yo is alive. Hale is gone. Daisy says Yo-Yo killed Ruby. But Yo-Yo ends the act by saying, I just saved the world. Our tag scene, Matt, has Hale arriving in the Confederacy location with the blue symbols. It's Kovos here. Uh, he has, I'm sorry, uh, he's admonishing her for coming without an invitation, Matt. She's aware of the punishment, but it's his gravitonium, the stuff that he wants. S.H.I.E.L.D. has it. Um, she's ready to tell him where it is. Uh, they won't give it willingly. 
he'll have to kill them. Well, no reason Hale has to stop them. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys, Matt. Let's begin with Glenn Talbot. You have to feel some sympathy for him as a character. You have to feel some affection for him as a character because he's been such a great presence on the show. You know, the actor, I feel like I, I can't remember a time before Talbot was in the show. Um, that said, it's duplicitous stuff that he's doing. What, you know, choking out Ruby's mother and uh, not Ruby, pardon me, Robin's mother and, uh, and uh, you know, on the verge of taking Robin out of there. Uh, to me, I can only return to what I said earlier. They iced him for a reason. It's so he's not killed off, and I'm totally happy with that. Adrian Pazdar has done such a tremendous job with the character. To think we've only had one season where that character did actually know he was at the end of the first season. He uh, He cropped up, right? Pete, you are correct. He appeared in the uh, the first season episode, Providence. Uh, that was more cameo than anything else, but a sign of things to come. All the better for it, Matt. Um, so we keep him around. Ruby, mm, not quite as sure. Yeah, I mean, I think there's plenty of story opportunity uh, for for her her to come back whether it's you know as the zombified whatever of the gravitonium but i do kind of get a sense of finality here um i think too just story-wise it allows uh general hale to now be you know untethered to anything and let her badness shine through and all of that so i kind of provisionally think that this is this is curtains for ruby particularly since she had the emotional coda of you know She's just a girl, a girl in love with a guy who likes killing Hydra dogs too. Um, and then for them to lose all that, I, I think this is R.I.P. Ruby. The obsession with Daisy playing out here, her motivation to uh, undergo the infusion with the Gravitonium, which of course, Matt, does not go the way we would anticipate. And... Um, or, or that she would anticipate, we should say, uh, only to be cut down, uh, so it seems, by Yo-Yo. But from Ruby Matt to KVS, RIP. If you're going to go out, go out big, or I guess in his case, go out small with your head squished like a, like a cantaloupe. Pete, we have lemons, we have cantaloupes. This is a very healthy episode. Um I mean, he certainly is a character that I think there's a certain legacy to him because of the previous episodes that he's been in. Do I feel like he deserved some grander exit? No, not at all. But uh, to me, it was just it was it was good shock value to see him exit as he did. Well, hopefully we'll catch him next in the uh, the glass uh, film, Matt, the sequel to uh, Unbreakable where he was the child way back when oh. of uh, David Dunn in the year 2000. But from KVS, Matt, to General Hale here, uh, as you mentioned, untethered now, the loss of a child, 
uh, heading to the Confederacy uh, headquarters to cut herself a deal. Yeah, I must confess. Well, first of all, before we get into uh, Quovos uh, and, and some of that other stuff, um, story-wise, I like this notion that she's kind of been been in the periphery or been the big bad, then not quite the big bad. And I like how she's kind of been woven in and out there. But now she has nothing to lose. Now she can really sow evil uh, and and to be to be going to that confederacy, which I must confess I had temporarily kind of lost track of the confederacy portion of the storyline so kudos to the writing here in an episode that is perhaps uh paced imperfectly this was a great way to really kickstart and re-energize that confederacy portion all with hail going there uninvited and with quovos here matt obviously by the time we're viewing next week's episode we will be doing it through the lens of a post infinity war reality the producers have been on the record they're very eager to talk about how that changes their show uh we have a little bit of a window into that in this episode it will be very interesting i think an easy story out is to make it clear next week that oh man we are just starting to hear that Something has appeared over New York City, but back to our adventure because that's the first five minutes of uh, Infinity War, and you know that then makes it that we don't need to deal with any consequences yet. They might do that, but as you say, Pete, they've been floating that there are going to be effects on the show. It's been a while where there's been that kind of that, that kind of push pull relationship, so I'm very eager to see how this show which of course was uh was rejuvenated by by that massive change to the marvel cinematic universe in uh in uh winter soldier what's that going to do here it's it's well time will tell welcome to level seven time to analyze and theorize matt ruby really dead i think it's tough to say but i'm going to stick with the notion from before that ruby Ruby Hale, the 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 young woman, is definitely curtains. Whether her body comes back or something like that, I think is is more possible. But uh, I'm gonna say that the character is toast. The possibility obviously exists with at least two people that we know of, Matt. Two consciousnesses absorbed in the gravitonium in Doctor Franklin Hall and Ian Quinn. So hey. What's another guest star in the sauce? I think that certainly is possible. I feel, how do I put this? Because I don't want to sound overly negative. I feel a little unclear how the gravitonium absorbs people. Like we saw the, you know, we saw that tag scene a couple of episodes ago, which, uh, you know, has since been revealed as a cut scene all the way back from season one. I think that we had, uh, you know, we had, thought that they shot it new and it just turned out it was perfect stuff from the cutting room floor but so we saw the physical absorption there are we to take the explosion of gravitonium light as the rejoining into the main gravitonium or yeah you know, some of the particulars i'm not quite clear on i'm not saying that it is the fault of the show at this point it, you know it's not that it's not the show's fault it's for having poorly communicated that but we need that made clear next episode exactly what those 
what those parameters are. The big takeaway, however, Matt, is uh, Yo-Yo at the end of the episode here saving the world or has she? I mean, again, we've been toying with this notion that you can't break the loop. I like to think that she has. Now, there's just one teensy-weensy problem. It still leaves Quake, who was seen getting on the Quinjet. It, it, it leaves all that as a possibility. Uh, can we maybe have Quake like um, change out of her outfit into something else so she doesn't look the way she did on the video? Then we get some further proof of, of, of a change in time. But um, let me put it this way. Yo-Yo going all in that Ruby secretly was the destroyer of worlds. That does not mean that she has changed a darn thing. At a certain point, though, Pete, they need to commit to something because there's only, uh, what, four, three episodes, four episodes left? Math is difficult. Three episodes left, right? 19, 20, 21, 22. There you go. Four episodes. Seems as if 21 and 22 might be together. We still don't have... No, no, it's been, it's been. No, um, we have definition on that. Yeah, I don't know that it's definitive from ABC. Although I will check right now. I believe, uh, I believe other people, other, I don't want to say stores. I can't. It's like TV Couch Critic or something like that. That that's quite reliable. Has it? Has the one hour finale on the 18th? And uh, indeed, Pete, it is the FutonCritic.com, which bills itself as the web's best television resource. Uh, that has episode 522, The End, airing uh, Friday the 18th. So uh, so there you go. No official announcement just yet, Matt. So we'll put a little bit of salt on that one there. Transmissions. Let's check the wire. Pete, we ran our customary poll after the airing of the episode, and uh, here are the results. Uh, we have, uh, of course, for four stars, Groovy Gravitron, three stars, Fly High and Zephyr One, two stars, Mellow Yellow, KVS, one star, Doped Up Deke, no votes for the one star, 7% said two stars, 3% said three stars, a whopping 90% said four stars for this episode. We also had uh, a, a tweet from J.D. Atkins, that's at J-T-A is me, uh, who says, I'm convinced that we've, uh, I'm not convinced rather, I'm not convinced that we've seen the last of the Gravitonomen, and uh, also called the episode Brutal, Twisty, Turny, Ruby isn't the only thing up in the air, keeping me rigid, uh, riveted Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Pete, what do you have on your end? On Facebook, Matt, Robert T. Frost writes in, Hi, Peter. I was finally able to watch the episode today, Friday, April 20th, and listen to the podcast. Really wish I had thought of that one. To get ready for tonight's episode. So busy, I haven't known which way to turn. In any case, this just made my day. My wife Wanted to buy me The Last Jedi on DVD, but I asked her to hold off until the Fantastic Geek Contest. I'm sure glad I did. Um, and I uh, followed up with him, and he said, uh, Thank you. I was so excited about the win. I played the podcast drawing for my family to share the joy. Family movie night coming soon. Matt, some more goodies on the way for our audience? 
Absolutely. Something we want to do, particularly with these four episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. left, some Avengers as well. So glad to be to be giving back there to Robert T. Frost and that, glad to be giving back to our listeners more in the future, but not 93 years in the future. <laughs> so uh, between now and the finale, uh, any uh, new review left to any of the fantastic geek uh podcast feeds all 13 of them maybe a 14th soon matt ellipse uh will earn you an entry into the raffle which we will draw uh the night of the agents of shield season five hopefully not a series finale Hope springs eternal, but of course, we don't need to hope because we are kept aloft by our patrons on patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. Pete, they are the wind beneath our robin wooden bird wings if it could fly, (laughs) and we do fly because of them. Into space, Matt. Everybody who contributes gets exclusive podcast content, and then there's all sorts of levels to uh, decide. So really, the the biggest challenge you face is getting on over to uh, patreon.com slash fantasticgeek and picking which perk you'd like to come away with. But Pete, the greatest gift is being able to talk to you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-9000. 906 followers can't be wrong and while i am personally on twitter as looking back lost you can be in touch with the podcast any way you like visit fantasticgeek.com email fantasticgeek at gmail.com check us out on twitter and instagram where we are fantasticgeek as well but wait Pete, there's more facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the ph all one word like it today Well, Pete, for those listening on either podcast feed, we will be back this next weekend to talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., to talk Infinity War. It's, I mean, it it all comes down to this, Pete. A month left of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the show's future hanging in the balance, the biggest crossover movie in the history of cinema, an Avengers movie, 10 years in the making, all happening. I mean, this is it. This is ground zero for all this Marvel cinematic universe stuff and uh we're glad to be here for it and we're excited to have our listeners with us as well and deadpool and solo and more with that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word i just saved the world <laughs>